Welcome to another edition of Queer State of Mind, y'all. I'm your host, Sadu Carmo. Today, we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff and getting it in. So I hope you're here listening in. So stay tuned to Queer State of Mind on Radio Free Brooklyn. News, pop culture, talk, and more from QPOC perspectives. And all the tea, sass, and shade you can handle. Listen in and tell us what you think on Facebook at Queer State of Mind and on Twitter and Instagram at QSOMNYC. Well, 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 welcome back to Queer State of Mind, y'all. I am glad you are here. We have a special guest today, and our Duran will be joining us shortly. But before we start, we have a lot of heavy topics in the beginning. I decided to have topics in the beginning. I don't know why. Well, because when we get drunk, you know, it becomes a little crazy. But we're going to start with a couple of tracks here um, that are my featured songs of the week since I'm running. We're going to start with Respect Yourself, which is by The Staple Singers. And going into Golden by Jill Scott. So I hope you enjoy your listening to Queer State of Mind on Radio Free Brooklyn. Oh, we seem to be having a little bit of an issue here. So give me a second while I figure this out and I can keep talking. Because for some reason, we're not having any music playthrough right now. And I don't know why. Uh, there's always something special going on here. So we'll find out. And here we go.
All right, y'all. That was Jill Scott and Ms. the staple singers doing Respect Yourself. We now have the people here. How are you guys doing? Hello. Good. How are you? I'm okay. You know, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. I've had a kind of an interesting week, um, to say the least, but I'm all right. It's a, it was a very mental week. And I'm put this down a little bit so I can see Sam's face, you know. But it was a very mental week, but I wanted to make sure that, you know, I got to speak to all you lovely people today. And introduce yourself. Sam is here again. I know you guys met Sam before. She is right. our, our resident um, black lady expert since she's, a, <laughs> since she's a black lady that needs to, like, you know, <laughs> because as much as we talk about black lady things, Sometimes you need a real black lady to talk about black lady things. Now, sometimes, I'm sorry, all the time. <laughs> Let's get that correctly. So the first thing I'm going to start talking about today, and I told Deron Lobel, it's black anxiety. So I do sometimes a weekend gig at a bar. Um, and this Saturday, I did a weekend gig at the bar. And I used to have this anxiety when I was in white spaces. I get real uncomfortable. <clears throat> I shake, like I literally can shake when there's too many like white gay people and it's bad. And I was like, oh my God, why am why is this happening to me? So I have a PTSD because I've been fetishized so many times in my life, like for a long, long time. And there's so many things. We've talked about this before on the radio with Sam, when people expect you to have a lower self-esteem than you do because of this, this color of your, the hue of your skin. We've talked about this before. So, because we don't carry that with us. So it's just like this whole anxiety I get. And I don't even like like white men hitting on me. Like it's bad. <laughs> Girl, it's bad. So I was at the club. I literally had to calm myself down. I had to like literally talk to myself, calm myself down. Like just bring myself to like a center place. And I was working. So I'm like taking people's stuff I'm working and it's just to me and it wasn't like everyone was being mean or nasty to me it was just like oh my god it's just it's too much like people even like oh you're cute I'm just like yeah. like it was it was that bad so I don't know if you guys have any type of anxiety like that but you know I just want to open the floor yeah so I was talking to um I was texting Micah earlier this week and I was asking him about um our barber and when it's busy there and, and it's not there and I was just asking him like several times like in pretty much in different ways like when's the best time to go i usually go in the mornings but i'm not gonna make it this morning if i go in the afternoon will it still be fine and what i meant by that is i get anxiety in black barbershops you know um because to me it's a safe haven for black men but straight black men and you know like you never know what is going to be said there what it's going to be done there and it's just it it makes me so uncomfortable and i was like freaking out over something so small. Well, something that on the surface seemed so so small, and I was right. just like, "Why am I freaking out about this?" Like, I go to this, I go to the barbershop Monday, Wednesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday mornings, usually during like my lunch break, and it's fine. Why am I freaking out about this? And it's just because I didn't, I don't like, I don't like waiting for one. That's a whole different story. That's your patience. That's <laughs> I, I, I'm impatient. Like, it's right. both one of my strongest suits and one of my weakest suits. Uh, and and for two, it's just like I, when it's packed in there, it's like all all these different, all these straight men or straight, um, a, straight black men. No, like um, presumably straight men. That's all I was trying to say. Um, it, it just freaks me out. 
And and this is not and I I, I, I I've talked to myself about it because I was just like, why am I freaked out about being around other black men? That that sounds problematic. But when I'm around like frat bros, it also freaks me out too. So it's it's it's, it's a it's a straight man it's thing. A straight man thing for you. For me, it's a yeah. for me it's a. But, it's, it's I, but I'm just I'm just more commonly in the space of a black barbershop than I am around frat bros because I don't have to be around frat bros. I'm lucky enough. I have. Um, oh, let, let's go first before we before we go back well, to the topic. I just wanted to like speak to what. Um, sorry, let me just turn my chair over. Yeah. Girl, you know you got getting that mic. Yeah, yeah like it's so, genitals. I have a friend who's also um, a gay black man who lives in Brooklyn and grew up. He's from the Caribbean community here, and he has um, expressed to me a, a very similar sentiment about like being in straight black male environments. And I think like what he explained to me was that like it hurts more because it's like other black people. Yep. You know, because you think that like if you know. You, we all have our differences, and you know, black communities are not just like uniform, but there's still some expectation that there's an understanding. So for him, he does have anxiety also when he's around other straight black men, and he explained that to me, and I thought that was really interesting. But I also, it also makes sense because I think that's just across the racial board, right? You it's know? it's so interesting because, like I said, my anxiety is like specifically with white gay spaces. I don't have the same anxiety you have because I think it's part. It's 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 a give or take. You're like your Caribbean friend. I'm a West African man, so it's a give or take that I'm used to that type of shit. So it doesn't it rolls off my back. But with some people who grew up in that culture, it doesn't roll off their back. So it can go either way. Like you know, I'm used to the machismo of the African man, the way they talk. My cousins, my brother, and all of that. I know I hang around when I hang around them. They know my tea, and they I actually am the one that's controlling them half the time for not doing stupid shit. You know, so. But when it comes to me and the white gay men, it's just it's one of those things where it's even to the it's just weird because I've always never it's always been this thing where people think I should have a problem about something about myself that I don't have a problem about, and if I don't have a problem about it, I must have a problem. Does that make sense? <laughs> what I just said makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. So the, I've internalized that in some ways. And so, like, when I was working, I saw someone who, like, came in with someone that I kind of was with before. And, like, they were, like, protecting them. I said, child, it's like people, and it's like some of the black queens that come into that space, which are, like, few and far between, they're protecting their their white being. Like, it's something's going to happen. I'm just like, it's just this whole thing that's just like, I'm like, what is happening? What is happening here? And it's it's just, it's gotten bad. It was bad at one point. And I, I calmed it down. Like, it was real bad, Tim. Like, it wasn't even, like, to the point where I should just get up and leave and go. I should get up and leave and go. And, but it just kind of showed its face again. And I think, I think it, the reason why it kind of showed its face is because I was working and I wasn't there for pleasure. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. If I was felt like I was working for them, so I had to mm-hmm. be there with them. So, but, I mean, it's, it's a real thing. For me, it's the like it's different. I don't feel um, a lot of anxiety in when I'm in like largely white spaces that are social, right? Because I don't care as much about how I'm perceived. Yeah, by yeah that's them. a that's a yeah. That's, that's what I told him thing. about white yeah. gay men. I'm just like whatever, girl. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't care. But it, at work or any professional setting, where right. literally their opinion of me yeah. can mean the difference between me getting right. paid or not getting paid, right. or like my advancement in my career or right. life, then you know you're more conscious about how you are perceived by them. Because it really is just a matter of like of your own well being and like right. your you know 
you're getting a paycheck. Right. And it's let me let me clarify this. My anxiety with white gay spaces has nothing to do with validation. Because right. I've never been that person. Right. Mm-hmm. Right, right, I want right. to clear that out. It has nothing to do with that. It literally has to do with the fact that it's me feeling like at any moment the, uh, someone's going to say something crazy to me. No, no, for sure. That's all it is. Because every time I've been in a situation, people feel like they have to validate me, they have to fetishize me, and all of that. Right. And I'm not. Don't go. For, I don't need any of that for anyone. Now, I always tell people. I, there was someone was like someone called me uh, chocolate one time, and it was like a, 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 a white person. I said, I don't like to be called that. They're like, Well, I said. Other people do. That's fine. That's a validation for them. I don't need to be called that. I don't need you to call me that. I don't like black people to call me that. So why would I allow you to call me that? So it's one of those balls going to drop thing. That's, that's pretty much what it is. So it has nothing to do with like them. Because in black gay spaces, you know, it, it, it's crazy too. Because we're always like, you know, I have a good time. Um, I've never had an anxiety in black gay space. When I was in D.C. for D.C. Pride, I was I had... The absolute greatest time of my life. Absolute greatest. But it just, it really depends. But I just want to make sure we talked about anxiety and what it means. But what do you what do you think you can do to make that better for you? For me, it's just literally taking a person by person. I have to do person by person because this is not going to work for me. I'm 40 years old. I do not need to be having these type of anxieties. It's not going to change anytime soon. You know. Right. You know, I think it was just for me, just like reminding myself why I'm even in that space to begin with. I'm mm-hmm. there to get a haircut, and that's it. Right. And I, I, I literally do that, and I go. Right. And if I ever did have to wait, I'm on my phone. We have we. That's 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 where social media comes in. You know, comes into play, comes into use. Like I can just be on Instagram scrolling through and like right. whatever. Like, I think at the same time we both, I we both could engage more, and that might help. And you know what? I just I, that's me. I'm, I'm not just saying. I think I've thought me. about that, but it's just like, how could this end badly for me? Yeah, but that's that's the thing about it. It's like we can think that way, and this is on me. And this is me. Because I'm just like, this is this may not be the space to do it for me. There there are times. I, there are points in times where you could challenge, you know, a, a cishet black man, or you know, in your case, oh, I'm not a, talking a, to challenge. I'm just saying, like, engage. I'm not saying challenge somebody. Like, if actually somebody comes up to me and they talk to me in that mm-hmm. space, I'm comfortable. I actually need to talk to them back. And oh no, for sure. If someone not, if someone's speaking to like, me, I am not, I'm not, not rude like, or like. Hey. Oh, I mean, I mean, I actually need to speak to them. Not that I, I don't, I don't, I don't freak out when someone you know ha- ho- try to hold a conversation with me. No, that, there's not so, that. So um, it's just that I don't. I think, I, 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 I I keep to myself unless I don't have to. I think, the thing, and that's fine. My takeaway for myself is I have to stop waiting for the ball to drop because that's what's making me spend an hour and a half, an hour plus freaking out. So if the ball drops, the ball fucking drops. <laughs> you know, you know. I have a similar take to where I feel like I just assume that it will eventually. Right, right. And I can't, and it's like not my problem because this is like they are reacting to just like centuries of propaganda against right. people. And I cannot fix that by being right. cute, by being funny, by being smart. That's not a semantic right. problem. So it is something liberating and not caring. Like, you know what? And I need to take an aspect of that because I feel like clearly you have it harder in the space than I do as a, a black woman. So if you can come to terms with that, I should be able to. And I have very, you know, fun, healthy relationships with white people because, right. you know, I, I just take them for what, where I know where they're coming from. And then if something Absolutely. happens that's out of pocket, it will be addressed. 
Right. But luckily, <laughs> I haven't um, encountered too many situations. No, where no, I've of had course. To sit someone down. And, yeah, and I think, like I said, it's a it's a PTSD for me because I was a kid in the nineties. I uh, my cross generational thing was I was always like when I think it comes from this comes from me being seventeen year old, a seventeen year old in college, and being the first group I hung out with was on the black kid there, and it was almost like I was pimped around. Like I just I, I had to think about this shit like. It was almost like I was pimped around as the black friend. Oh. So, but at the time, it didn't register to me. As I've gotten older, I'm just like, oh, that was just fucked up. You know, in that sense, you know, it was just pimped around in, this, in the way like, you can have this, but this is not for you. You can, you know, you can be here because we want you to do this. It was that. And I didn't know what was happening because I actually was trying to just be friends with people who I thought were cool. Right. You know, in that, it, it wasn't until my second year of college when I, uh, got black friends and and it was weird because growing up in Ohio, uh, it's just it's, it was just a weird take on things because but you know that's this it's a, a whole this it's a topic can go on and on <laughs> on about well, let's jump to the next thing we need another podcast we need a whole episode just uh, well so this whole thing with me now when I run the show I like to talk about these topics early on mm-hmm. before we get you know in our sauce. <laughs> You know, because when the girls are in the sauce and this top, these topics will go crazy. So another serious topic is this. Michelle Obama said something very, uh, actually, no, let me, let's, let's go to this first. Um, so there's an article about what happens when black people buy suburban homes. There's a whole thing in the New York Times where they are treated, surprisingly, surprisingly, <laughs> less than with their counterparts. So why do you think about that? Like, I mean, there's nothing shocking about the article, but I guess it was shocking to the people who wrote the article. But if you're black and buying... Did you look up the, the writer? I didn't look up the writer of the article. I sometimes I do that. You know, like... No, no. Well, you should, you're a journalist. <laughs> right, right. I'll be like... Question like, your source. Uh, Question your source. It, it, it's just like... It's like... Because sometimes it's like literally no shit, Sherlock. I mean, obviously things yeah, still yeah. need to be reported on, but it's just like... Sometimes it feels like the headline... And I get it because, you know, like you have to bring people in, you know, you have to make right. it, you know, as, Salacious. Sim- as simple as possible to bring people in, too. You know, right, you can't. Right. You, and I, I get I get that sometimes, but sometimes it just feels very surface level. Um, and I'm like, who wrote this? Like, I think it was also something that happened in uh, we're and, talking and, about and Long it, Island. I'm and like, if you talk about it, but if you if you get into like the historical context and you start contextualizing the narrative, that's right. that's different. But if it if it literally is on the surface, like this bad thing is happening to this this group of people, and it's just like, well, this, this shit has been happening. So right. where's the reporting on that? Right, you know? but to us because we know because we've been black people navigating spaces, right? Yeah. Homes, right. But I do. I did like that in the in the findings or in the investigation. Like they went and got proof. They're like, mm-hmm. we had people go and pretend to be right. buyers. We found that they were telling folks different, you know, pieces of information according to neighborhoods. And that's a different take on that narrative. That's right. the problem with like when black people are telling us what's happening to us, and we're explaining like this is happening to us. People think that we're being emotional and yep. not going based off. Let me. Yep. It literally let takes me a so privileged white hears- person to go like, oh, this is actually real, and the people are like, oh my god, this is actually. It's one happening. of my biggest pet peeves. I have fight with one of my friends. I'm like, you only listen to things for white people say it's true. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? This white person went and got the facts, and it, it was very elementary. But sometimes you have to spell it out. Yeah. And they did that, and I think that was really like a good stepping stone for right. explaining the problem. I had a thing once. It was it was something that happened with a bar in the city. I'm not going to call the bar's name. And it, there was a whole thing where they weren't letting black people into the bar. The Continental uh, closed down. 
Oh, no, girl, not, oh. not that. <laughs> I ain't say nothing, girl. You know what Sam say? I ain't say nothing. I'm just saying it was a bar. It was a gay bar in Chelsea. Oh, it was gay. Okay, so they weren't letting the girls in. I'm sorry, the kids in. Let me rephrase that. The girls are everybody. The kids are just the black people. <laughs> so they weren't letting the kids in. And so I was talking to a friend. I was like, you know, I hear they weren't letting the kids in, blah, 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 blah yada, yada, yada. And then this person said to me, well, you know, I think one of my friends going to go there. Maybe he can tell me if that's true. I like, well, how can your friend who is not black tell you that it's true? Because they're not going to see the same thing. They don't walk into a space. They're not seeing the same thing in the space. They don't have the understanding of that. That's not the point of that. And this person just didn't understand. And then this person came back to me and said, well, the owner said this wasn't it. I said, it's funny that you asked for this black people to have so much proof, but the owner just says this. I said, so people just believe why white people say off the bat. Yeah. I said, so this is my challenge to you as a white person. Like, why is that? Why is it so easy for you to believe that and for you, it's so hard for you to believe this? Because people in Manasseh are being emotional. If people are seeing that, people are, when I walk into a club, I can tell you right, every time I walk into a bar, I do a color count. That's yeah. the first thing I do. I know every time I walk into a bar, I do a color count. The only bar I don't do that in, and I'll gladly say this, the monster. Oh, I was going to say, uh, you know. Boxes Washington Heights. Oh, Boxes Washington Heights. I don't do that either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. all the white people leave at 10.30. Right, exactly. <laughs> oh, girl, 10.30. We get our lives there. 10.30, it goes away, girl, in, in that sense. But um, but that's something that we unfortunately have to do. It's like you walk to a space. I see how many people are in there. And it's just like, okay, I know that's A, B, C, D, E, F, G. I just, this is going to be a good bar. It's, it's sad. I mean, it's sad in that sense. So, I mean, but that's the thing we have to do when people are shopping for homes. Yeah. Tell, tell us whole different things. Oh, neighborhoods, always this, always that. It's just like they're trying to ward people away. But yeah. it's also mm-hmm. like the history, and particularly in Long Island. Oh, that, God, yeah, they're terrible there. But like, you know, one of the first major like factory produced suburbs came from like, you know, like Levittown. Do you know of Levittown? There yes. were several of them. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch in the country, but you know, the one in Long Island was like super notorious for like how they kept it white for decades, and it still is. And um, and it had a policy where it's like Caucasian only. Like they actually wrote that into their um, oh wow it because it was built for GIs who came home from yeah, yeah. World War Two and like the Levittown like suburbs throughout the city throughout the country actually have a similar um, kind of like makeup and it's still like that today. And then it just speaks to this need that they maybe that they're seeing within white communities that they want to be living separately. And I think they keep trying to recreate this thing where they want to be apart. And I it shows up in, in the You should let them be apart, but we should treat them like they're apart. Mm-hmm. A finesse should start happening. We should treat them like they're apart. So, you know, if you want to stay over there, girl, don't come over here. <laughs> oh, and they hate that. I can <laughs> uh, Don't come over here. Don't come. I'm sorry. Levittown. No, we don't. No, I'm sorry. We're diverse here. We do not want your kind. You stay in Levittown. You got a store right up, up the street. I will say white people hate feeling excluded. Absolutely. Oh, my God. And I. I oh, I, my God. And Baby, it, it's it's like it boils their fucking blood when they and when they up. see black people together, black people they know together, it it irks them. They, it does. It irks them when they they try to like you know navigate their way through that, and it's just like, huh, interesting. Especially black people like congregating in a joyful way. Oh my yep. god! No, oh, no, no. It's always joy. It it's always like, joy. Why are they happy? I remember I was at the Met one time, and I met this black girl was at the Met, and we went. So, you know how we are. Mm-hmm. We all let's just just speak to us here in this room. We are people of a certain um, educational level. 
we can get down, go somewhere classy, quote unquote, um, be in our gowns and our tuxedos, and we will just drop it down to, hey, bitch, real quick. You know, we will drop it down to that real quickly. Code switching. Code switching. And it can be in front of some white folks, and it won't get that. And I remember I was at the Met. There was this girl. I never met her before she was at the Met. She played, like, the bread woman in, in the opera and everything over there. And then we met her. We shook hands. We're laughing. And I just looked at her and said, bitch, what the guy you selling the bread on stage to the white people? And we just, you know, we just kind of cold switching and started laughing. The white people looking around be like, yeah, you can't do that. Because it's not part of, like, you'd never had to dance around in so many different worlds. Right. Like, she knows exactly what I'm doing. She knows what I'm saying. She's like, girl. You know, it's one of those words just like, you all have that. And they want to be a part of that so much. Mm-hmm. And that's why sometimes they roll into things. they be like, hey, what's up? I'd be like, I don't know you like that. That's not, mm-hmm. that's not for you to come in here with mm-hmm. that. Code switching is not for you because you don't have to code switch. Exactly. Yet, so, yeah, so that exists. I'm just like, no. That exists in the same space of like neighborhoods. So where I live now, Canarsie, is a mm. largely black neighborhood. It's working class people of Caribbean yeah. descent. When I first moved there in 99, it was still like, it still had a very huge Italian population. We were like maybe the second right. black family on my block. Within two to three years, the block was completely black. They ran for the hills. Like, you could have seen the skid marks from the from the tires, like, on yeah. the street from how they ran. They fled to Howard Beach, right? And it just speaks to, like, they, there's a, a trend of, like, wanting right. to just feel mm-hmm. like they, they're afraid, maybe, or what it is. But And the real estate industry knows that. Right. And they want to capitalize on that. Absolutely, absolutely And they help maintain that. it. It's been uh, like that's that's there's a historical context to that. Like that's the uh, trajectory of that. You know, it's been happening for, in this country. For, I'm gonna since tell you right now because we um, were allowed to uh, you know buy homes even. Right. Yeah, and New York City is very segregated, though yeah. it is diverse, and people tend right. to like get distracted by the diversity and makeup of the city. Right. But it is very ghettoized. Mm-hmm. Right. Like the, the neighborhoods are broken down even to like the city in whatever country you're from. Like you have Ukrainian the, neighborhoods. The, the, and then New York City is so broken down to the most minute form. Mm-hmm. I don't it's think just, it's, it may not be as you know bad as it used to be, but it's still there. Oh, it's no, still but there. It's, it's 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 broken down to the most minute. Form, and usually, but, and usually when it's not there, we talk about it in the in the sense of gentrification. Yes, right. but the thing about New York City that is different from other places is the fact that you have to get along with people to get to where you got to go. Right. It don't matter. Mm-hmm. It does not matter because it don't matter. You can live in your little pod, mm-hmm. but you got to get up and you have to hit it. And you're going to have to deal with any type of person, any type of culture. I mean, the layers in New York City about how it is, it's like there's this thing right here. This the Ukrainian, the, uh, uh, the Russians are here. Mm-hmm. The uh, Caribbeans are here. The West Africans are here. The um, right. North Africa. It's just everybody's in their own little pods. But when it hit the streets, we all have to hit the streets. Yeah. We all have to hit. That's the one great thing I said about city. You have to hit the streets. You don't have, you cannot like somebody who lives in this city. <laughs> you're going to run into it. You're going to, you are going to run into it. Unless you like, uh, if you're an Indian person, unless you plan on just staying in Jackson Heights the whole time. <laughs> that, that's, you can't avoid it. You can't avoid it, you know. Um, but yeah, my one more topic, real quickly before we go. There to are some people who don't leave their boroughs in order in their neighborhoods. That is a thing. Well, that's know, a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Michelle Obama said something that's real great, and it hit me hard. I hit a lot of. I think this is something for all of us. She said, "We need to stop expecting more after you already accepted less," which I think is huge. <laughs> I know I've accepted less and want to expect more in my life. I don't know if you guys have just in different areas. 
you know, it doesn't have to necessarily be one thing. It's like, right, right, right. it doesn't have to be this because there are times like you'd be like, well, you know, I'm just going to do, I'll put it this way. It's, for lack of a better phrase, it's like somebody who goes like, well, I'm not going to do this, but I expect this. I have people like that in my life. Right. Mm, I'd be yeah. like, well, girl, if you're not going to do the work, then, you know, what the fuck you going, you know? You know, I, I have, oh, actually. No, you can say. no, actually, I can't say it. <laughs> or even in relationships. I think yeah, you're talking about relationships, right? Not relationships. No, no, no. I was, I, was, I was about to get into like the career, but I was just talking from, from my perspective. Um, I worked hard for everything. Like, and, you know, like obviously there have been generations of, of people who have paved the way for me to be able to, to, to have mm-hmm. what I have. But that doesn't change the fact that I busted my ass to get no, it. No, no, no. Uh, you know, like I'm a, I'm a black kid from the Midwest. Most of my family is still in the Midwest. I could have easily still have been in the Midwest, yeah. in Kansas City, Missouri, you know, working, you know, on a, a nine to five, having a job but not a career. Um, and I was like that that from a from a small child was never good enough for me. Um, getting A, B's and C's was never good enough for me. So I was just like, OK, you know, realistically speaking, I'm an A and B student. So that's what we're going to do here. <laughs> we're going to try to make that, you know, get as close to that B plus as we possibly can. That You know, that, that A to B plus average. Um, but, you know, like I, I never strived for less, you know, when it came to, when it came to my education. No, or I don't my, think, I don't think it's career. about striving for less or accepting less. That's not the thing you're saying. Accepting less, yeah. We all have done this. Now, mm-hmm. you might not think you've done this in some aspect, but we all have. I'll put it to you this way. It's like I have a friend. Mm-hmm. So I have people who want a man mm-hmm. that has a body like a Greek god, but they don't yeah. want to go to the gym. That's what that means. It's like you don't want to go to the gym, but you want this. Right. So you're expecting more than you're willing to give you know, in that sense. I mean, that's superficial, but that's just an example. example. No, 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 for sure. That's, sure. What, that's what I mean. That's what I think she's trying to say. It's just like, oh, like, I can't be at my job. Like, oh, my God, I wish you would do this for me here. Mm-hmm. And I'm not giving that. So it's... Right, right, right. There, there is... But what I'm saying is it's just like, uh, I'm just giving, like, the opposite side of that. Like, I, I'm agreeing with what she's saying. I'm, I get what she's saying, but I'm just saying, like, um, I knew that, you know, like, wanting something... And I'm willing to work hard for it was not going to work. So, like no. anything that I'm not willing to work hard for, I'm just like, well, I don't expect this, right? Like, I just, I don't, I don't expect it because it's like I'm not currently working hard for that. So I can't be like, oh, I want this, and I just expect it to just to fall from the sky, you know? Oh, that's a fair point. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like when it comes to like for me in relationships, it's like I'm not currently doing that. So therefore, I can't just expect a man to just to pop out of thin air. Like that, that happens in the movies. That's not, <laughs> not reality. So I mean, like. That's something I have to work at in in order to get it, and I, I, I'm aware of that. You know. Yeah. When I see that Michelle Obama is saying, you know, making statements like this, and then I've noticed that also Barack Obama lately has been going around and making oh, particular she about, very she about, she about to just say something, girl. Go ahead, turn <laughs> oh, up your no. microphone. I have to wonder what they're up to. You know, because like they've been making like little pointed statements here and there they to have. like certain like crowds. Mm-hmm. You know, like oh well, you can't expect. Um, you can't expect more when you've been giving less all this time. I'm like, what are you really talking about and who you're talking to? Because I feel like they're making a pointed statement to a certain faction of the community. Gotcha. You know, I think they're talking to the left and people within that at various levels and saying that, like, we're not, we're complaining about things and we're wanting this, but what are we, you know, what have we been putting in to start complaining? But I think the Obamas are coming in strong with these statements because they don't want to be held accountable for, like, where they failed. 
um, the community in terms of like how they've been. People had expectations of them and they didn't deliver in some ways. Of course, in many ways, I love them. Like as yeah, of course, but there's but it's, it's, yeah, yeah. They're the first. They're the, it's the first black uh, um, president of their yeah. family. They, they are going to fail, nevertheless. Yeah, and they, they were ca- destined to fail. And right. they carried themselves. Yeah. They carried themselves well, and they did. They did do a lot as Democrats. Mm-hmm. But I just think that that what she's doing, and also what her husband's doing, and they're doing it in parallel. I like how, I like how she said, and what her husband. Said. Mm-hmm. I love that. You know yes. what? To hold that thought, Sam, we're going to come back and talk about this more because I got to get to this music break. And this music break is actually um, recommended by Sam. I just put one thing on the top of it. So we're going to start with Lauren Hill has a new song. I haven't heard it yet, but I have to play it. Is that from the soundtrack? That's from the soundtrack, yeah. Queen of Slim. And so I, good. And I'm playing uh, some Princess Nokia Balenciaga. Mm. Balenciaga, Balenciaga and Lenubia Makeda so Sam recommended these two songs and since I want to complete the genre of like an indie mm-hmm. um, female artist mm-hmm. I just put Lauren Hill oh, on top yeah, of yeah. it so just to keep this whole thing so you're listening to Queer State we'll, we should explain a little bit more about this when we come back you're listening to Queer State of Mind on Radio Free Brooklyn
going dumb, switch up on my flow I be right up when I'm down ten toes Always make a lot of money selling out my shows Anime lit and I'm blessed with the drip Baby biohazardous slime go real quick Money or not and it look like a sis I smoke them big choppers, go get me a zip Sketches looking like Balenciaga Thrift clothes looking like the Prada Whole fit lit, it cost me nada Bitches always talking, I give them all nada I'm so fly, I don't even try I get so high, I can't touch the sky Dress for myself, I don't dress for a hype I dress for myself, you dress for the lies I take a sip, sip apple juice I know I'm fly, I know I'm cute Bitches cloud chasing, they act hella rude My priorities straight, I don't know about you Is that Vermont, Yves Saint Laurent Is it or flight or calm, the garçon my imagination, I do what I want If I look broke, cause I don't give a fuck Is that Chanel or basic as hell? Is that retail or is that resale? I look so fly, you can't even tell They all spending money, I just get it free, yeah Sketches looking like Balenciaga Thrift clothes looking like the Prada Whole fit lit, it cost me nada Bitches always talking, I give them all nada I'm so fly, I don't even try I get so high, I can't touch the sky I don't just for hype, I just for myself, you dress for the lies.
listening to Queer State of Mind, New York City's home for queer people of color to gather and talk. Stay connected with all the tea and more. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash queerstateofmind and follow us on Twitter at QSOMNYC. Yes, we are back, y'all. Oh, my goodness. So we just had the most interesting conversation here. That was a nice little music break. Oh, why is this still playing, Jesus? You know, this is, I don't know what's going on with this board today. Granted, I've, t- I've turned off the laptop, Duran, and it's still it's, playing. It's, it's, um, it's weird. It's been, a, uh, it's been a, a, a an interesting year. Interesting year. Well, anyway, we were talking about something interesting on the break, but I want to hit this topic really quickly while we have Sam here before we go into the second hour, because the second hour we're going to get a little bit lighter. Uh, so let's talk about Ms. Bloomberg stop and frisk situation. He apologized for stop and frisk. Um, there was a law he impl- uh, implicated, not implicated, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Huh? Implemented. Thank you very much. A law he implemented um, uh, years ago that you could just stop people and force them to like get down on drugs and all that stuff. And it just became a little abusive towards the Latino and black community. And so now that he is deciding that he wants to run for Presidente, um, he is saying that um, he is apologizes for that. What do you guys think about that situation? I, I mean, Sam, I what do you think? I think it's beautiful timing. <laughs> great timing, wonderful timing. <laughs> right. Great timing. Great, great timing. Beautiful timing. <laughs> did you? Did were you um, two living in New York like during like the the peaks of like the stop and frisk? I was here in two thousand six. So yes, I okay. came in two thousand twelve. So I don't, I don't think yeah, so. It, it might have been in the middle of it. Yeah, a shit show. It was yeah. horrible. It was like we were living in like um, sorry for cursing, but it was just like. I'm not sure about the regulations. Do you anyway. not do you not listen to the red? Do you not listen to the show? No. Constantly seeing people who are just going about their day, minding their business, being <clears throat> stopped, and it doesn't matter how you dress, how you look like, because they were they had these arbitrary like uh, things like you know you fit a description, right? Yeah, melanin. Um, you know, yeah, right. Okay, description black. <laughs> but um, it was not good. It created um, a, a culture of fear in the city, and right. it was dominating certain communities like. I know, like in Brownsville, I think it was like in two th- by two thousand nine, they were doing like, uh, they were stopping basically. It, it averaged out to like every resident, right, in one neighborhood. So that's too much. You can't you can't create you can't build trust 
I'm between law enforcement and the community by having right. them control Right, them right, right, fear. right. So then um, I saw like a quote from somebody from the Bronx Defenders where they were like, well, yeah, I created um, a culture of like war between black and brown communities and the police, which I wanted to challenge just because I feel like there's always been a, a there's energy always been a, there's always been of energy. war between the police and, you know, these communities. But that being said, uh, the stop and frisk and then. Bloomberg was defending stop and frisk up until like January of this year. So mm-hmm. this is why I know all of this, what he's saying right now is total BS. And right. Right. Trying to cover it. And also, if you're so sorry about it, why are you apologizing to just black people? You know what? Then put some money into that. Build out, building up those communities. You're building. You have money. He fought the, the court ruling that said it was, un- uh, that it right. was illegal. Right. You know, and this is like a very recent. Mm-hmm. Um, if you really thought it was wrong, you would say this to everybody. Like, right. I did. I pushed a, a bad policy, and now I contributed to making New York into the police state that it is now. Like, right. I did a huge chunk. He's not the only one, for sure, but right. we've gotten to the point where our police are acting like military. Right. And he was right. Honestly, that. girl, bye. Yeah. yeah. That's all I have to say yeah. to, to Miss to Bloomberg, girl, bye. Girl, boom, goodbye. <laughs> boom, goodbye. <laughs> boom, goodbye, girl. <laughs> Just leave. It's just it's, it's stupid to me that he really tried to think that people. I hate the fact that people, I hate people really still think, try it. I, I do hate that people still try it in 2019. I, people I get. Think, I don't. This this is part of my anxiety. Back to anxiety that people try people of color thinking that we are not smart and we're not. It, mm-hmm. it's, just, it's just they try people so much. It's like, do you think that I am that stupid that I should not react to this because? Hmm. And then he called, who was it? Al Sharpton to like wh- whatever, I don't know, before he made right. this, a big announcement, which I'm like, that's like the laziest way to right. be any type uh, of, right. uh, you know, to Sorry. initiate any type uh, of communication uh, with the black community. <laughs> and I'm not going to put down Al Sharpton because yeah, right, 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 he right, had right. his role. Right. You know, we, I do have like my, you know, my feelings about his methodology right. or whatever. But the fact is he was doing the thing also. Right. For the community in his way. That being said, he wasn't trying to speak to the whole community. He went to a little congregation in a church because that's always a safe black community. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. And then he apologized just to black people when the the thing is, it was wrong, period. He should have went on a more public platform and said it. Yeah. Yeah. It was true. In front of his in front of his people, too. Well, we're going to get into the second uh, hour right now. Sorry. Literally, um, my laptop thing is that point turned on, but it just came on. So we're going to get in the second half of the show. You're listening to Queer City of Mind on Radio Free Brooklyn. He's not going to let me do anything. Let's get that right. Bitch, I see what you did there. You see what I did there? And I appreciate it. It's amazing. This remix will literally give you life. Okay, yeah, we're listening to Queers of the Mind. I'm going to let these queens calm down. Because they do need to calm down. They're doing the most. All right. What is happening? What is happening on the record right now? Say your girlfriend. I'm like, no, this is my good Judy. Bitch, what the fuck you mean? Right. Ladies with an attitude, fellas that are not in the mood, continue. <laughs> <laughs> Time for the messy hour, right here on Queer State of Mind on Radio Free Brooklyn. All right, y'all. Well, welcome back, hunty. Ooh, this is so. This is like a Portuguese situation with this poor DJ. 
today. I'm like, I didn't return this on. Why is this playing? Um, so we're going to get into our feature track before we come back and discuss some stuff. And Sam is going to be a dr- doing a dramatic reading for us. <laughs> <laughs> I informed her she is going to be doing a dramatic reading for us of something very special. Probably one of the greatest things of the 21st century to ever happen. <gasps> um, yes. So no, no, we're gonna, we, she's going to read all three of yes! them. And we're, uh, yes. We're going to discuss yes! our three parts in the next segment. Because it's, it's, this is important to... Yes. Um, black history. You better do voices. <laughs> it's a part of the black history. Create a whole character. It's part, this is like one of the greatest things to happen to queer slash black straight women mm-hmm. in a long time. This mm-hmm. is one of the most incredible things to ever happen to just be like, to bring us together. Oh my God. This is what's been missing for a narrative. So oh black gay Lord. men and yeah. black women were sending it to me. Yeah, yeah. at the same like, time. Like even like old school white folks who like grew up in Brooklyn who were like, "This is the New York I recognize. This right. is the one I know." This like, is it was just it was enthralling. Yeah. It was enthralling. But before we go there, we're gonna play for the throwback track, uh, one of my favorite songs um, by uh, Miss Ceylon Shani from her "Sit at the Table" album. I didn't play anything from the album after that because I was not mm-hmm. a fan of that album after this. The, the, the newer album. Yeah. The newer one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did not like that. The, it was very... Like, I feel like you were on the show when we talked about this. Yeah, but like the thing is, the first listen was difficult because it's not... you know If you're a person who's accustomed to like music and you know how to do your notes yeah. and what you count, it always seems off. Yeah, yeah it's very experimental. It it's, takes three like listens at yeah. least. I, I, on this, this album, the second album... I'm sorry, not sorry. The album she made after this one, mm-hmm. after the, the latest people. album. Yeah, the latest album was very much a performance piece. I can see her somewhere when I'm like high and being weird with weird people. <laughs> Great. I enjoyed it. I think so, it's going to be celebrated like years from now. And then oh, it's absolutely. Be be, I, th- I, think, I think it's going to be celebrated very much so because it's very experimental. I mean, to the point of terribleness. <laughs> No, that not in a bad way. It's the one of those things where it's just like, mm, this might work, this might not work. But I think it's going to be a uh, blueprint for a lot of new experimental things. You know, there are a lot of artists that are that way. But anyway, I picked Cranes in the Sky, of course. Just, you know, this is the, the song she won her Grammy for. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite songs she's ever done. So you're listening to Queer State of Mind on Radio Free Brooklyn.
y'all that was Solange Knowles with Cranes in the Sky we were just having a really interesting conversation off um, what music was playing and I'm going to let Sam talk about this because this is actually very important and this actually goes well with the whole series we're going to go to about black people <laughs> and this actually falls back to her statements about the Obamas okay, so, so go ahead we're talking about? Okay, we're talking about uh, black respectability and yeah. how, and how Solange. We, Solange and how we're not allowed to be weird yeah, we were talking about that album that followed a seat at the table and how it wasn't as well received um, by the people, our culture, um, for the way that it was, like, the, the way it was presented and, the you know, I, I was a little bit outside of the norms. And I thought that, I was like, well, you know, this is like, this reminds me of Afrofuturism. This reminds me, it, this takes me back to um, artists who have done similar things. Like, I, was, I mentioned Sun Ra. And um, I was thinking about how, Solange is constantly like put in positions where she has to defend like being what quote unquote weird, right? And then like black artists in general like don't get to be weird. It's like always something that you have to like basically speak for, right? They don't get to be weird. They don't even get to be mainstream. Yeah, I mean they get to be mainstream, but they don't get to be mainstream. Like even Prince, like it was like an uphill battle. Yeah, yeah, for Prince, yeah. Accepted and like right, you know, apparently. and now he's revered for it. Yeah, <laughs> but it, like during that time, but like it's he, funny. The whole thing talking about Prince was it's the, <laughs> you know it's the whole thing about that. Mm-hmm. There's a the, the Prince got accepted into the pop world, which was at the chagrin of Rick James because Rick James Prince was a one of Rick mm-hmm. James's protege. Yeah, mm-hmm. 
And Rick James, Rick James got so in himself that he refused to let himself come to the mainstream with mm-hmm. that. He was mad at Michael Jackson and Prince for giving the mainstream. He was not happy about that. Like, because Rick James was the one who, he, he was the, he, he was the, the, oh, the first, you know, the first one to do that type of stuff. But like I said, black people not being allowed to be weird. It's partly the music industry and it's partly us. Because they'll talk about the black respectability, yeah. you know, in that sense. It's like the presentation, we didn't get to, you know, like be, we didn't want to be sex kittens. They didn't want us to be this. We had to wear the gowns and it had to be nice. It had to look good. We have to make sure that we're clean. Follow along the party follow, line. Follow the party <laughs> line and all of that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Coming back to that. So falling into line with that, that has made us, even us look at people who are doing other things. I, I told her, I personally did not like the Solange's album, the latest one, because just musically, it was just ugh for me. It had nothing to do with her, her, her presentation because I thought the presentation was stunning. Like looking at the videos, I'm like, oh, these are great. Like I can't, you can't clock that. You know, that was just a musical thing for me. But there's a lot of artists out there that we are not seeing because we think they are weird. For us, we're not even letting them in between for us to come through our, you know, scene. Like F- FKA Twigs. Why well, FKA Twigs not like the one of the biggest stars out here? Mary Magdalene is a masterpiece and I need more of us to be talking about it. Right. When it I, is so good. Even, dare I say, it's on her daughter, um, Lion Bay, Vanessa Williams' daughter. There are people doing things out here that are so out there and so beautiful that we're not even as a, as a people, I'm calling us out first because <laughs> we should, Letting ourselves shine, like pushing these people forward. Mm-hmm. And I think it's you know? because of a notion that people think that these artists are rejecting mm-hmm. some sort of black form when really like this happens right. a lot with techno black and other like yeah. and um like dance music where people think that any artists who were back then doing that, but a lot of people didn't really know that techno and dance music and house music were were black art forms. Right. right. So people who were doing that like were a, seen as like, like rejecting that. Like yeah. if you weren't doing like R and B and right. like, hip hop. So, so yeah. the artists who we see now who are doing this stuff are maybe are being perceived as stepping outside of the culture right. when really they're just like bringing back something that was taken. I, I'm not sure if this is in the in the rundown. Forgive me. I didn't, yeah, I, right. I didn't so get I a chance to look at it. Uh, but this is relevant. Um, just this past week, the Soul Train Awards. This whole uh, this whole uh, beef, not beef, because it's one sided. I think uh, with between Lizzo winning an award over Ari Lennox um, and her being upset about that because she feels like I am purely. You know, R&B soul in Lizzo, she's pop, but she won, you know, this this award over me. I believe the award was album, uh, like best album or something like that. I could be wrong, but, but, this, it was, but she won an award over her. Soul Train has always have that, had an issue with that. Soul Train yeah, yeah, yeah. has always had an issue with that thing. There was a whole Whitney Houston debacle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like that we, we talked yeah. about that. I mean, and the other entertainment editor yeah. at the tilt, like, you know, we this has been going on for decades, yeah. you know, like. She did feel like, yes, Lizzo is pop. I love Lizzo yeah. for being pop. Uh, Ari Lennox, she is so. There are other so artists. But she did, you know, particularly call out uh, Lizzo when she has lost. She lost to pretty much everybody uh, that she was nominated against, I believe. Like, she lost a uh, award to her and um, someone else. I can't think of the other yeah, artists. Yeah, because Lizzo has, <clears throat> Lizzo has cracked the mainstream. Yeah. And that's the part of the issue. And she's the, honestly, can I just say this? She's just the, she's honestly the first black woman to do that outside of Beyonce, Nicki Minaj, and Rihanna, right. who have been allowed to be, you know, 
crossover artists, but mainly mainstream pop, you know. Um, she's the first artist to do that. And Beyonce, within this last decade, she was already a pop star um, in the aughts. She became a pop star. She went more R&B in this decade and I will, I will, while still being a pop star. I will, um, go, I will go as far as to say this. Even uh, Go as far as this. And I think Lizzo is the only person who actually had that star power. Mm-hmm. Because I think a lot of the other, I mean, yes, this, 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 this is going to be controversial. A lot of some of the other black artists that came out, they don't have that star power. They were just trying to... And that's to, what it is. And, and, and that was Ari Lennox's point. Like, they, she's just like, trying, I don't have... They were trying to follow through. Mm-hmm. They weren't trying to be stars because they had exactly. There and that's has what, never been a shortage for black pop women as stars. That's true. There's never been that. That's the one thing. It gets the point where you have to look at it and be like, mm, "What are, do you, are do are you a, you're not a star? You know, you just can't pump anything you think people are going." But what I'm saying is, I think that Lizzo's the first black woman in a while to be allowed into that world, I'm, the pop world. Like as a mainstream, who who has been a mainstream popular artist and there, there, who has been successful at that's it. That's the reason why I'm not saying aloud is because she's actually good at what she does. Because there are people who are less. But I have to. Ask but but like, it's also that too. Yeah, it's it's, it's like a yeah. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I, 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 I know what I, you mean. Like, no, I'm not because gonna, let's be honest, Tanache. She tried. That's what I mean. It's to be like, fair, to be fair. Been, did, did not, not but I do think it's a mix of both because, you know, like people are like Beyonce, 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 Beyonce. And I love Beyonce. And I feel like I will never say that Beyonce is overrated because I feel like that's something that she is told that she is because she's a black woman. Um, first and foremost, like it's tainted with that. So it's not people purely saying like, oh, I think this artist, artist is overrated. Like this is a conversation I had very recently with someone. They was just like, oh, I think. Beyonce is overrated, and people say this all the time. And I'm just like, but you don't say that about Lady Gaga. You don't say this about this or that, this or that well, other artist. I but think, I'm just saying, I don't think people are saying Beyonce. I think she's overrated, but I don't think it's because of fame. I think she's overrated because musically, it's a whole different ball game with yeah. me. There are different things she can be overrated about. Right, right. Like she should not be nominated for. But what I'm saying is, it's it's tainted. Like I know you because you're a musician. I know where you're coming from. The purity okay. of that. It, that's not the purity of other people. They're saying that she's yeah. overrated because she's a black woman. In the pop music well, world, and, and, and she so she has so much clout because of that. I, I think that it, it's. I think a lot of pop stars are overrated in general, right? But they call out Beyonce one, more, one hundred percent. But because it's what in your face more. Mm. So whatever you see more is what people are going to call out more. Because mm-hmm. people put that in your face more. You know, people think A B C D E F G. This person's shit don't stink. They're going to think that's 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 over. That's they're going to say that. That's natural. Anyone's for that. But I think that, like with Tinashe, Tinashe was allowed into the. She had a seat at the table. She just didn't keep it. Mm. A lot of people don't have the talent to keep their seat at the table. <laughs> That's true. That's the shade. It's just like, but at the same time, you do have to have time to get there. It's like the, mm. the Rihanna didn't have a time to keep a seat at the table, but she had a contract, honey. She bitch sat at that table. And she knew how to handle like the business side of her yes. career, and that's what kept her going. But I have to say about Lizzo, which yeah. I think is very interesting about yeah. like how she's blowing up yeah. now, because I've heard her name for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. Yep. Same. Yep. In like Williamsburg and different yeah. music. And so she had a, a very specific type of base, which I think yeah. contributes to why she's mainstream now. Because mainstream is code for, you know, like white America. Right, exactly. Right. Her, it is. That's who her base was from right. the beginning. Mm-hmm. And that's the only time I've ever seen her was going to a show that were for like a band, right. a hipster band or whatever like that. And, she and people say that all the time. It's like, it's like it's, it, I heard from black, all types of black people. Like there was like, we went, I went to London's concert, mostly white people right. there. Yeah. But the one thing we have to start to do. And something is we have to, and I'll say this much: the, the up to like I'll say two thousand four, 
we held our own accountable. We need to start holding our black talent accountable I for being terrible. 100% because agree with you. Because people are out here saying, well, I didn't make it because I'm a black woman. I'm this, no, bitch, you cannot sing and you cannot dance. <laughs> right. That's why you did not make it. I, I, Tell I them agree. that. I agree. I agree. Stop it. And so like, my thing with Ari, Ari Lennox is I, I'm honestly mm-hmm. not that deep into her music, but I also, this is going to sound terrible. No, say what you I cannot say. differentiate her music between Summer Walkers or, or you know, like all these other alternative R and B artists, like no one. That's the new. That's the new genre. That's right. a new sound. That's I get that's sound. a new sound, but everyone sounds like beyond like the genre itself. Everyone literally sounds exactly alike. Let me put it to you this way: about a seat at the table and a holding a seat mm-hmm. at the table. So Summer Walker, right now, she is selling all the albums, mm-hmm. getting all the hits, yep. and doing all of that. You know, she was not the one that stumped the genre like that. That mm-hmm. actually made the girls look. Who did that? SZA. She came mm-hmm. there. SZA, yep. SZA looks like Diana. I literally, Rose. I literally she say like all Diana this all Rose. the time. Everyone's trying to sound like SZA. Who's trying to sound like Brandy? But we're not going to go. Who's trying to sound? Like, no, no, no. And I say that. Who's trying to sound like Brandy? And I'm just like, you know, SZA stands out because oh, she was one of the first to yeah. do that. Yeah. She was one of the first to like, you know, take well, that on well, in this decade. Brandy and then the open, you have so. Tiana. You have Tiana Taylor, who also sounds like Brandy, but who's giving you a little but bit more of a showgirl and her let, her own edginess. Let me put it this way: So SZA has everything that it takes as far as the aesthetic, yes. the look, the beauty, the body. To to be the number one person and be in the pop world like that, but she is not right, right. now because she, it's it takes a lot to do that. Right. right. So you have to have the confidence to do that. Right. Because right. when you say like, but she's still a star. She's an R and B star, and that's fine. Yeah. But what I mean is, it's not like she could not be in a pop star within the R and B world. Because she's a, definitely charted she on just, the pop charts, like you know, as a feature artist. Yeah. You know? But in that, it's just some people just we just need to we need to hold our own accountable, honey. We just need to because. We, yeah. And it's funny to me because Ari Lennox, because of this whole uh, Soul Train Awards debacle, said that she was going to quit music because she's supposed you know. Whatever. Is this the problem? Because people don't get, young people, you don't get what the and, fuck you want. And, and the thing about it is, it's just like, she said, like, oh, I, uh, it's not about, like, you know, like, I understand, like, you know, like, I'm in music. I'm, there's going to be criticism. There's going to be people who don't like me. She's like, that's not why I'm quitting. She's like, I, she's like, I feel like I, oh, I can't remember the direct quote, but it was, it was more so by the fact that she's like, I, I'm doing music, soul music for black people. I do music for black people. Uh, and That's fine. And, Train. and she's like, if I had lost another award, fine. But it's just like, because I do music for black people and Soul Train Awards is supposed to be for black people and black, you know, like black music genres. And I lost there so to a is, pop artist. What does that say about you? So that means you think that you go with that narrative that Lizzo is less black than you are. But also, it's like so even that's if she problematic. Was, even if she was right, right, mm-hmm. and then justified and everything like that, you can't. I mean, you can't be doing music to get awards. Like, right. That's not right. Well, because she, what, she's she's bought her because she's saying it's a soul train award. Lizzo is doing actually. Lizzo's actually doing music that is very predominantly black based. The the part is she just got discovered. She's just a star. There right. are people yeah. that are stars. Right. Because no matter people. Tony Braxton was taking pure R&B, but Tony Braxton became a, a pop star, star because she's a star. And it was and an you, era where R&B music, to it, be fair, was it, pop music. Right. But right. It, that, but but that's the thing about that. So, therefore, you cannot say somebody is less black than you because they're not doing something that you consider 
it's ridiculous but to it, me and it's rude. It goes back to what I was saying earlier where people just have a certain idea of what's considered mm-hmm. black art forms. Right, like, right. Why is Lizzo's music not black music? When she speaks and like the, the messaging that she gives is for black women. Black women. That's because white people like it. Doesn't make it any less black. Right. That's what it is. But anyway, we can talk about this all day. Oh, oh shout out to Micah and who else is this thing? So Hi, it's, uh, it's, it's Micah, his mom, uh, Mama Van- Vanessa. Hi, Miss Vanessa. Um, I love Micah. His I believe it's Aunt Tracy. Miss Aunt Tracy, honey. Yes. Hey, Aunt Tracy. And um, her daughter, Taylor. They're on the car listening. Oh, that's wonderful. Send us a message saying that you're listening again. And we love you so much. We miss you, Michael. We miss you, Miss Vanessa, everybody. Please drive safely and all of that. So, Sam, before we go on break, we have to do the dramatic (laughs) rating from Humans of New York. Uh, from Miss Tanqueray. <laughs> I need some tank. I need the books. She's gonna get her. Uh, what's the book set? What her book set? You need. You need what now? I'm sorry? I need the Tanqueray. Um, uh, uh, quotes. quotes. Oh, do you have your phone? Uh, uh, pull up on your phone because you got to read it. Okay. The, the Tanqueray saga. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna pull it up from I'm the, not the going from to the news article. To know what she sounds like, I will just. No, she's mind. gonna read it because I just feel it's important for a woman. Who has been around a lot of queer men like yourself? Yes, you need to read this because it needs to. It's just it, if you guys have not seen, I want you to gun for that damn Oscar. This three <laughs> a three part series in Humans of New York. No this, pressure. At this all. woman stole the freaking internet. Internet and people are call, and I want to show everyody wants to show. This will be a great show. Okay, so it it's uh start you just kind of have to like uh, start from part one. Give me a second. You just have to um, like scroll through the parts that you don't obviously have to read because they put it into like. Okay. Well, we'll do we'll do like a little commentary yeah, yeah. after each. Part. Yes, okay, okay, okay. Like yes. So you just gotta scroll a little bit, but you know which ones because it's in the um, a lot to unpack. As yes, so. we left these. Yeah, so. yeah. So I will let you tell me when you're ready to start with the first one. You know, mm-hmm. as you gotta, you gotta, but you gotta get into that mic though. Okay, right. All right, dramatic read. Okay, here we go. Part one, oh. Tangeray. I hold it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> My mom threw me out of the house at 17 for getting pregnant. They had me arrested when I tried to get my clothes. And she fucked the head of parole to try to keep me in jail. She was some prime pussy back then. <laughs> but the warden did some tests on me and found out I was smart. So I got a scholarship to go anywhere in New York. I chose the Fashion Institute of Technology. FIT, for you listening. I chose the Fashion Institute of Technology, which I hated. But by that time, I was already getting work making costumes for the strippers and porn stars in Times Square. One night, a Hasidic rabbi tried to pick me up because he thought I was tranny. And I had to tell him, baby, this is real fish. (laughs) That's the first part. I... When I first read that whole thing, I was like, oh, my God. This is... You know what? I At first, I didn't even realize it was a three-part series. If you, I don't think the person who interviewed her realized it was going to be three parts. But also, right. when she, I knew she was like onto something and telling the truth. Because when she mentioned the Hasidic rabbi who tried to pick her up. I so said, I like, baby, I'm finished. You know anything about the prostitution like, industry right. in, like, in New York? Just and in when Brooklyn? she said, baby, this is real fish. Like, it, I was just like, oh, running. my God. All right. Part two. <laughs> All right, back in the 70s, I was the only black girl making white girl money. I had this magic trick where I'd put baby bottle tops on my nipples and squirt real milk. Then I'd pull a cherry out of my G-string and feed it to the guy in the front row. But I never used dildos on stage or any shit like that. Never fucked the booking agents. Never fucked the clients. In fact, one night after a show, I caught another dancer sneaking off to the Tate Hotel with our biggest tipper. Not allowed. So the next night, we put a little itching powder in her G-string. Boy, did she put on a show that night. Didn't see her again until the longest yard with Burt Reynolds. 
So I guess she finally fucked the right one. Well, who was in the longest the, star? The girl. Yo, after I read that, the first thing I did was go on IMDb. I was like, okay. <laughs> There's like three women I think it could be. <laughs> she put some tea out there. And the third installment, please. Now, this is actually the, the shorter versions of what she's reading right now. This mm. whole thing's missing there. But you have to go and read this on Humans in New York. Tangerine. Oh, no, I thought this was the I think it's the full version, yeah. No, because you got to talk about the boy to steal the clothes and the president and all of that, too. Oh, no, this is the that's third part. Third part? Okay, yeah. Okay. Part three, Tanqueray. Oh, wait, yeah, because she didn't even mention that her name was Tanqueray. Yeah, yeah. That's why I made the, the little cuts of it. We can, we'll oh. send people to the spot to listen to it and yeah. stuff. Yeah, well, it's long. She controlled all the hype. Oh, no. Yeah, okay, so this is where she's talking about um, the Madame Blanche. Yes. Who mm-hmm. was like... Um, Maybe I should pull it up from the actual Humans of New York thing so I could read the whole thing. Yeah, if you can find it there. Uh, but anyway, this woman's story has been that there have been celebrities even tweeting out like um, she needs to be, this needs to be a TV show. And I, I honestly think like this is a this is such a good story. Right. Like if I was a producer and I would say like. Well, Jennifer Garner was just like, why does this woman don't have a Netflix series? First or the series. Make this into a Netflix series. There are two people that should be running over there. Number one, number one, it should be Ava DuVernay. Mm. She'd be running over there. She definitely should be running over there. I know she is part of the classy Negro clan, but she should be, <laughs> girl, no shade. You know what I mean. The talented. She needs to be running over there to get this woman's story. Right. And or Ryan Murphy would do a good job. I don't want Tyler Perry over there because I don't want to turn the church story. No shade. But Ava DuVernay, will, I need someone to get this woman's story and we need to see it because it's so, it's important. Yeah, no Tyler Perry because he would turn it into no. like her past being something shameful that she yeah be yeah yeah by, and, like, no because she's, she's clearly not ashamed. ashamed of any of this she's said I lived so we need somebody who is who she let her celebrate that yeah you know yeah, in so this I would say Ava DuVernay yeah yeah I would love Ava to do it I feel like Ava is at a point where she's actually really starting to do diverse stories. Yes, but I need her to of, really of, of of the black experience and just even beyond. Like she did a wrinkle in time, which is completely I know, different. But, but still, I want I'm, them to do a story. This is a particular story about it black is. But what is I'm not, saying is, she has the chops to do it. No, I'm not saying she doesn't have the chops to do it. Hear me out. I'm saying that everything she's done has been in the lane of respectable Negro. Right. That's what I'm saying. This is not respectable Negro. She hangs around open. This is far from respectful Negro. Does she have the heart to do something that is not respectable Negro? Because this is uplifting a black woman that is not coming out of oppression. I hate to say it. I hate to say this. The person who has proven himself most worthy to do this so far... Especially after polls is Ryan Murphy, and I hate this. You know, I hate to say it, but, but that's, you know, he can produce. Yeah. He can produce. produce he, it. He has people to actually pull exactly. that out. That's what I mean. Exactly. Yeah, but yeah. I would like Ava DuVernay to do it. I would like another black yeah. woman to For do sure. it. For sure, that's me. I like. I want another black woman to tell another black woman's story. Okay. Yeah. Third part. But also, side note, I think Spike Lee would do a great job of painting that picture. Oh, of New Spike York. Lee would paint it very well. He did this before. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So she. The scene was different back then. All the adult clubs were mob controlled. It all flowed up to some guy named Maddie the Horse. Honestly, the mob guys never bothered me. They were cool, and I like how they dressed. They were custom-made suits, and they went to hairstylists, not barbers. These guys wouldn't even let you touch their hair when you were fucking them. <laughs> not that I ever fucked them, because I never turned tricks. Well, except for one time. I took a job from this woman named Madame Blanche. She controlled all the high-dollar prostitutes back then. She was like the internet. Could get you anything you wanted. And all the powerful men came to her because she never talked. 
She set me up with a department store magnate who wanted a black girl dressed like a maid. I thought I could do it. When I got to his hotel room, he wanted to spank me with a real belt. So that was it for me. I was done. But Madam Blanche set my best friend Vicky up with the president every time he came to New York. And don't you dare write his name because I can't afford the lawyers. But he'd always spend an hour with her. He'd send a card to pick her up, bring her to his hotel room, put a secret agent in front of the door, and get this. All he ever did was eat her pussy. I mean, come on. Lyndon B. Johnson. Come on. Come on, because oh my, why would you? Oh, I want to see it, but like I said, I want to see a black woman tell another black woman's story. And I, Spike Lee can do it because Spike Lee. Who would play her though? It. Oh. You think it would be a newcomer or someone? If it, it was somebody, be, if it was somebody famous. Well, there has to be different stages of her it's life. Been different so stages yeah. of her life. The yeah. older version of her should be played by Jack K. Harris. <gasps> <laughs> you just casted the shit out of that. <laughs> no, because the. That would be, oh my God, the person who's telling the story right now. Yeah. Mm. Oh my God, Sam. We're going to put that in the air. We got to tweet Jack A. We got to tweet her. That is Jack A right there. Yeah, like that. She was made to play this. Oh, oh we got to tweet her. We got to tweet her. <laughs> but who would play like the young version, the one who's li- doing this, living this life? We need somebody new for that, though. There needs to be a new girl for that. Mm-hmm. There this needs to be a purity of somebody who actually wants it. In that sense, do you think Zoe Kravitz is like too indie for her? She's that? too, yeah, she's too indie. She, she's too, she's too soft. Yeah, she's too soft for it. You need somebody who is soft yet hard. Yeah, I know that's where it's soft yet hard. Yeah, because you have to be beautiful enough to be able to get like that white girl prostitute money, but yes. like also rough enough to live the streets and survive. Yes, it. that's mm. that's it right there. Yeah, you know, in that sense. Well, anyway, we're gonna take a little music break right now. We'll come back. So we're gonna do one of my favorite artists, um, <laughs> R&B artists. Speaking of uh, pure R&B from the Soul Train Awards, <laughs> some Sherelle. If you guys don't know who Sherelle, Sherelle is also Pebbles' cousin. Um, so a lot of these tracks were produced by Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Um, so I picked I Didn't Mean to Turn You On, um, I Miss You at Home, and Saturday Love by Sherelle. I've been so, listening to Pebbles a lot. So I was, I was going to do Pebbles next week this or, is, this in a few is, weeks. This is her cousin. So yeah. Sherelle, y- yeah. you listen to Sherelle on um, Radio um, Queers in the Mind on Radio Free Brooklyn.
to take Queer Minded with you wherever you go. Subscribe to our feed at radioqueerminded.com slash QSOM. Or find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and other popular podcast networks. Just search for Radio Queer Minded. Now, let's get back in a queer state of mind. Yes. That is so funny and interesting. So we're over here talking you know what's so uh, funny is I actually had a, all these topics lined up that we did not get to because I was like, oh, my God, I didn't have a lot of topics because mm-hmm. I thought I didn't have enough. Well, let me know if anything is still relevant for no, no, next no, week. I will. But it's good because I know that me, you, and Sam, we can talk. I like the fact that we can actually mm-hmm. talk a Honestly, lot. Honestly, each topic has like a topic or two has literally last like in a different like time yeah, frame yeah, of, the, yeah, yeah. of the episode, which is always a good thing. So, I mean – Let's go to like the pop culture section now. Um, so let's just start. We're gonna go. All, we're gonna end with the Grammy nominations because we can blab about that for a long time. Really? So we're just gonna skim off some things here. So let's talk about <laughs> Brigitte Nielsen. <laughs> talk about Madonna, honey. If you guys don't know who, who don't know who Brigitte Nielsen is, you're young and you're stupid. Yes, I said it. Brigitte Nielsen is everything. <laughs> So, First of all, she's can I just say something really, what? really, really quickly? Because yes. you just reminded me of the new meme. I'm gonna tell my kids this was such and such. Yeah, and I feel like that is in relation to the fact that right. kids these days do not know, you know, the people who we know, the celebrities, the public yeah. figures that we know, and it's only gonna get worse once you know, like we yeah. honestly really start having kids as millennials, right. you know. Right. So Brigitte Nielsen was like the anti-white woman, and what I mean by that is she was like the Grace Jones version of the white woman. Yeah. So she was very, very tall. Weren't they both in like He-Man movies? Or yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Cole, Cole, uh, 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 James Bond. And she was both. I thought they were both in uh, no, Conan. No, both in uh, Conan movies. Both in yeah, Conan movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Brigitte Nielsen is very Nordic. Mm-hmm. She's very tall. She's very masculine, but she is very feminine. She's very like Grace Jones. She's just a, it's a woman. It's a whole. It's not like. Oh, Isn't there a character here? in um, Kick Ass too? They call like Mother Russian or something like that. It reminded me of her. Right. <laughs> well, because she played she she played these very hard women, but she was very she's stunning. Like she like I said, she like Brave Christian. She was. She's a, what you imagine when you when you hear the word Valkyrie. Yes. Right. She's a Valkyrie. Yes. Yeah. Yes. She's a bitch. You'd be like, that's a bad bitch. She like yeah. everybody would be like, that's a bad bitch. You could have been like, you know, like you, you know, like, it's like was, we all think we're bad bitches, but she's actually a bad know, bitch. She, she won't have that, you know. It wasn't that long hair. Kim, it wasn't that Kim. It wasn't that type of thing. It was just like, damn, that bitch let you punch me in the throat, but I think she's hot. So anyway, <laughs> she talks about how she, um, when she met Madonna. And Madonna kept they were at a club and Madonna like eighty six and Madonna kept stepping on her foot and wasn't apologizing. And she said she kept stepping on my foot. And she said she stepped on my foot a third time and Brigitte Nielsen about, was is about that life. She's about to whoop that ass. Mm-hmm. And the security had to come and get her. Well she slapped Madonna. She slapped she Madonna. Slapped her in the face. She slapped her in the face and the security had to get to put her out of the club. Because you know she you know, she bought that life. You know, she she common. So she said, you know what? To, she's long story short, she ended up sleeping with Sean Penn to uh, to um get back her. 
funny. It's not funny. It's, but it's funny. Because we're mean old black women, so it's funny to us. She was with Cheryl. We're going we to snicker. At, what was we go, it? We're not going to snicker. We're going to cackle at no, it, she was on. A, she was on the talk with Mario Usman. Cheryl, and you know Cheryl Under was messed. Cheryl was like, oh, bitch, she got all the tea, bitch. Whenever, whenever bitch, she's about to talk, Cheryl being there like, oh, yeah. bitch, I know she bitch got all the tea. Because <laughs> Brigitte always has all the tea. And Brigitte is messy. Cheryl she is an old black woman. She don't give a damn. I feel like she go out with Cheryl and they drink dark liquor together and right. they carry on. Right. You know, and for, for you know, Cheryl gonna end up taking off her wig. But yeah, for the young kids, Brigitte was on the show with Flavor Flay because that's like one their best mm. friends and all of that. And she that's one of her best friends. She likes Flavor Flay because, like I said, Brigitte is not she's not she's not a classy as the girls, honey. Right. <laughs> you know, Flavor um, Flay. You know, yeah. he did his thing. Yeah. Hey. yeah, I can't be mad at Flavor Flay because he was doing his thing in the arts. No, I'm mad at all. But that's why I like. That's why the thing I like about Brigitte is she's that girl. Yeah. She rolled. She just rolled. She's right. like, bitch, I gotta roll. I gotta do that. She was merciful. And that meme of her on the yeah. internet where she's like, she has like a, a pencil, like a, a piece of paper and like a pen in her hand, and she goes, <laughs> right. It's it's hilarious. Well, you had to love something. So Pat LaBelle, real quickly, um, she said, of course she did. No, I mean it makes sense because you know the generation. She says today music. Black substance, mm-hmm. and I want. I saw someone put that or? in the Beyonce group. What? And here's why they put it in the Beyonce group. I saw that this morning, like that that article. They put it in the Beyonce group because Beyonce said a few years ago in the interview, like no one makes this. To Beyonce's credit, she does try to make albums still yeah. in an era where it's all about singles and you know, like you know, how, how you well, know how many streams you get. Yeah, because she's, she's still because she's still she is she's literally still, the last of that kind. She's like one of the last of that kind. You know. I don't think she's one of the last of that kind. She's the last of that kind in the popular world. Because I think there are people who mm. are making making <gasps> right. better, better albums than she That's does. a better way that's of putting that. that. That's, that that's, that's a better way of putting that because not only is she a pop artist, but she's a pop artist who, um, she's still an artist at the end of the day. She's she, an entertainer, but she's still an artist. And she, always, she wants to make. I, I always say this. She, 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 good art. She, 100%, she tries to make the best things she can make with what she has. Beyonce? Yes. Mm-hmm. With what she, she tries to make the best music she can make. And with she what was she trained has. to do that. She was trained to also just her her skills were honed over the years. And I think there's only a few other artists of her of her who are contemporaries or close to being contemporaries who who have done that. Um, there's the there's Sky Guy. There is there's Bruno. There's Pink. and I was I would say this much. Actually, I think uh, this is no shade. I mean, she doesn't have the skills she has, but uh, she has great producer. Rihanna makes better music than Beyonce does. I, I find myself it's just, mm-hmm. it's, you might not like Rihanna's voice but her music I is think, better I think, her, I think her because think about anti, I think she makes show. better pop music but she makes better music because that's what she makes better music it's not it's not taking away from somebody's talent oh no 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 but I, I, I personally I, I like Beyonce's music you personally more. like her right, music right, more right, but right. that's not mean she makes better music but than she does I think Beyonce being who she is speaks to why it's important like but the star power thing like you right. need to be mm. the whole package yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. lots of girls no. have great voices absolutely there's absolutely. a reason why Britney Spears is, was more famous and mm. right. higher level than Christina Aguilera who right. can outsing Britney in any category because she has star power right? it's about star she power she has star power and she had the heart yeah. right yes that's the difference what I mean right. one, this is what I'm but I, I guess what I'm trying to say I think Compared to Rihanna, I think Rihanna makes better singles. Like her, individually, her music is better. 
but I think Beyonce's overall col- uh, collectiveness of her work is better in the sense no. of like the albums. I like. I think she's actually made I, albums. I think, I think you like her albums more, but her work is not better. No, than and Rihanna. no, because honestly, like Anti is one of my favorite albums. But that was still, like the, that was the first album Let of me tell Rihanna you why, because Rihanna has crossed genres so many times, and her work is. And that's com- I do agree. Her work is always complete. I do agree. Beyonce's work is good. For Beyonce's work being good, but honestly, if you put her albums next to Rihanna, just subjectively listen to it, mm-hmm. Rihanna's album as a work are better. I have a hard time. That's what it is. Listening or enjoying Beyonce's music without the music video. That is what I mean. Mm. It's the one. That's, it's just a better. It's not taking anything away from. I'm it. not. I, you don't you have know? to explain that to me. Yeah, I, I know, you know what you're. Well, I want to bring it back to like Patti LaBelle's statement yeah. where she was saying about like the quality of music mm. and I find that a lot of older artists yeah. uh, mm. not just in music but like Martin Scorsese said the same thing about film yep. Yep. and I think it's that what, think... what they're failing to recognize is that the art that is created represents how people c- communicate and receive messages of their Over time, time. Yep. exactly of time right. like memes right. of like 140 characters so back to the whole Beyonce is overrated right. conversation right because uh, this is like we're talking about this at work basically right. and it, it led into like how artists like if where when Beyonce came up versus of now like social media is now how artists get their name out of there and we were saying like there's a difference between you know um oh it was a difference between being uh I forget fully what it was but basically like people they use social media to build up their careers but they don't actually actually hone their talents so they have to work right. hard at being famous that's what it was they have to work hard at being famous but they're not necessarily um, honing their skill set. Right. Some people might actually be talented, but it's just like because they get on, and it, they're really great studio artists. But when they get on stage, that skill set has not been honed. But it also, so it's trash. But it, but it also, so I, I was trying to say that I think there's a difference between or among um, being famous, being talented, and having you know and honing your skill set. They're all they all can interconnect. But it's also one another. But I feel like they're all different. What the crowd is holding at the time as something important, Mm -hmm. because if people, if we're holding vocalists the most important. Jennifer Hudson would be the greatest person right, 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 right now. Right. It's what people hold and more I important because some people are not people, dancers. I think I think what people is actually start, what they're actually starting to realize about Beyonce, what I love her so much, is that she works very very hard and she's a great performer. And not not too many people are doing that in that sense. But that's the thing: not too many people are performing like that. But that does not take away from people who do not have a performance talent, but who are vocally mm. just as much matches it. But no, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm actually not talking about those people because to me, that's like still a performance. Like there is, there has been until like, during, during Whitney Houston in her prime, she can literally get on that stage and just sing. And that to me, is like a performance. And that's like the ultimate it, I, performance. I put it and way. on the flip side, Madonna can be the showgirl, and on the flip side, Janet can be the dancer, and they are all doing a motherfucking thing on that stage. They're, they pretty, both pretty, have, they all have honed their skill set much, in that sense. Yeah, all, but what I'm saying is, is like some of the artists of today, like they're they're literally studio artists, but oh, it's yeah. not translating into like no, absolutely no one's other no, aspects of no like performance. No, one, no one's denying that. Right, right. But then, like I said, there are people out here who are great at what they do mm-hmm. because honestly, the person who probably is the best performer out there, but it does not have the star power in my in my opinion, is Janelle Monae. I think Janelle Monae. Oh no, for sure, it's better than anybody out there. No, for sure, it's like it's yeah, like it's, it's perfect as a musician. We were, we, a remember singer. we were watching the Grammys together? It was like perfect. It's tense. I saw her at Afropunk. And it's I saw tense. Like more than my money. It's just like tens. I'm like, mm, she's been, I say, and it's been. weird because I've seen her live too, and it's like I am not the biggest. Jo- Jen- I'm not a uh, 
what, what are they called? Fandroids? I'm not a fandroid. Uh, like that, I, I do love, I do like Janelle Monet a lot, but when I saw her perform, it was like one of the best things I've ever seen in my life. But it's just, it's just not a style quality. It's like the difference, like I said, it's when I, when you it's, see it's, like but it's weird. Spears, but it's weird because it's like, it's not weird. It, no, it's weird to me because it's like when you see that, when you see Janelle Monet perform, it's like you should be a star, but it's just something's but, not. But, because, but because there's a flawless, there's a flawlessness that's, that's not, there's not a, a flaw that's not there. What that's do you guys profession. think then about what Patty LaBelle said about like, quality of music. I think I, I believe it because mm-hmm. I think that when I heard you know, hear some of these songs that have like just it's like oh my god can you get a, just a little bit more creative right instead of just a little bit more stuff yeah literally Is a little bit more stuff people talk these days like well people relate to this a new this because she wants to she's referring to the time when like people had so she said something like there's a song called like what let's say a give example get life and if the title of the song is called get life then it's probably going to be the word get life being repeated over and over again. But this is how communication is happening now. I know, but the only issue is sometimes younger artists, they try to compare it to what the people did in the past. Like, they mm. think they have the same quality as this person. My get life song is as good as my dream. James Brown this. He's like, right. no. Yeah. No. But they're, but they're <laughs> That's where my problem is. It's the just people like. People who decide are the same, like the same institutions. This I think board, that if there's one thing in the fact that if you're like panic at the disco and you write a good song and then you're queen and you write a good song, you did not write a queen song. You do not have the same right. qualities of queen. Right. You have the same qualities of panic at the disco, but you're not queen. Right. Just notice that. Don't compare yourself to somebody who actually. No. It's that Kanye West comparing to the Quincy Jones. Yeah. What? Yeah, but I do feel like the older, the older artists are just going to continue. But to let me put, we got to go off to the show. Or go, got to go off right now. We can't be blabbing so right. long. We're going to talk about the Grammys um, so on next week's episode. Yeah. Yeah. Listen to my records coming up 